When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you really think about this game, they had so many chances. They could have won this game, the finale of this series. Because this bullpen, which I got to give credit to, going back to the opener of this series for the most part, with Chris Bassett on the mound, and he was terrible. Look what they did in the opener of this series. Tommy Hunter got four outs. Trevor May got three outs. Michael Givens got six outs. Even Joelle got three outs. They're down five Nothing in the fourth inning in the opener of this series. And their bullpen, after Chris Bassett had a bad performance, very disappointing, but I guess you could rationalize he was due to have one. Their bullpen kept them in the game. Their bullpen was awesome in this series. Let's call it like it is. Other than Seth Lugo getting up that really odd home run in game two of this series, a ball that I thought had no chance of going out. Outside of that, the bullpen pitched, if my math is correct, 19 innings over these three games. And you know how many runs they allowed? One. One. That's why Chris Bassett sucked in game one. No argument. Jacob DeGrom, for his standard, was mediocre in game two. No argument. Obviously, David Peterson was an embarrassment. As Hoff said, a Glavin-like performance. No doubt. No excuse. I'm sorry. It's no. They didn't lose this series because of Chris Bassett. They didn't lose this series because of David Peterson. And they didn't lose this series because DeGrom was average. They lost this series because they couldn't hit. They could have won game one. You're telling me you can't score more than five runs against Javier Assad, Mark Leiter, Manuel Rodriguez, and Brandon Hughes? Really? And you go back to the opener of this series... You have the bases loaded and nobody out down 5-1 to one in the 8th. And City Field, very few people that were actually there, was rocking, was moving. And can it's tough to kill. He's at his big moment, strikes out. But you know who I can kill? Darren Ruff, who came up with two outs and flied out. So here's what's difficult. I've spent 15 minutes bitching about this offense. But I always like to offer solutions. And the problem is, there really isn't a solution. I'm sorry. We all wanted Mark Vientos here. Mark Vientos is here. He hasn't gotten a hit yet. Mark Vientos batted fifth in the finale of this series. Protecting Pete Alonso. He didn't do anything. So we wanted Vientos. We got Vientos. We got that. What are we going to do now? Call for Francisco Alvarez now that he's healthy? Is that what we're going to do? Is that our desperate plea? We've seen Buck make some changes to the lineup, mainly because he's forced to. Starling Marte being out has turned out to be a real killer. (laughs) I'll tell you, Starling Marte may have wrapped up Mets team MVP based on this recent stretch. But you can change the lineup, and that's fine. I don't think it makes a difference. You You need guys to perform. And I think that's what's sort of complicated about this. Maybe it's not the greatest sports talk radio topic. There's no elixir other than guys have to play better. There's no guy to call up. They've done that. 
There's no obvious lineup change that makes sense. There isn't. And if you think that changes the luck of this offense or changes this offense, you're naive. It's not going to change the offense. What's going to change the offense is guys getting their heads out of their ass and starting to hit. That's it. It's as simple as that. They're feeling the heat. I remember Luis Rojas said last year, yeah, guys feel it. Guys feel the pressure. Well, the Mets feel the pressure right now. And maybe long-term, this is a good thing that they're feeling it now, that they're feeling it in September and not October, because there's going to be an October. I don't know how long October is going to last, but there's going to be an October. This is a playoff team. This is a team that's going to host game one of a series. Whether it's the divisional series or the wild card series, we'll find out. But I don't believe, unless you have one, Pete, that there's some kind of magic trick Buck Showalter needs to play other than guys have to perform better. Uh, the one thing that some people I saw were trying to push now, which is outrageous. I, I, I don't see... How Dom Smith's do not hitting. Dom Smith coming back to this team. He's hit it. I thought he was. Oh, that's someone said that he was bad. That's amazing. Now two seventy seven in Syracuse, and we're like, oh my god, bring Dom back. When you're what, but when you're but 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 Evan though, to be fair, Darren, we just went through how Darren Ruff is a waste of time. Vogelbach hasn't had anything since the first week. We're going up and down this line. Listen, the actually the best part about the team now has been the catching situation because McCann's not batting over two hundred, and Nino's got like what two home runs the past three or four games. I mean, that's that's the only offense we have. It's that's it. So it's like you need to find a spark plug. It's it's you're right. There's not many options. I don't want Dom Smith, but that's what people are. That's what some people have been throwing out there. But again, is that going to be enough? Yeah, I mean, Dom Smith enough. It's it's really not. We know the. Answer. I have nothing against Dom Smith, and I'm very surprised that Dom Smith has kind of gotten stuck in AAA. It's certainly not something I expected to happen to him. You want to call him up and bench Daniel Vogelbach? Is that is that really what we think is going to fix this offense? Is that going to fix the fact that Brandon Nimmo can't hit at City Field? I. Look, I'm, let me let me see how Dom's been doing recently. Let's see. Uh, three for four with a home run. Okay. 0 for four. That's not good. Two for four with a home run. 0 for two. 0 for three. 0 for five. Two for four with a home run. One for four. 0 for two. One for five. Two. I mean, it, looks, it looks okay. Looks like he's hitting for some pop, which is nice to see. Guy couldn't hit a home run when he was a Met. I, the, the one thing I'll give credibility to that with is Vogelbach is a mess right now. And I think what what's very difficult, and it's not about that you traded for guys. It's not about, oh, we gave players up for these guys. You can't think that way. And I don't think Buck needs to think that way. I think Buck ultimately gets to make these decisions. I don't think he's being told by Billy Epler who to play or not. I think Buck Showalter decides, I'm going to play this guy. At what point? And I'm there with Darren Ruff. I'm getting close with Daniel Vogelbach. When do you get to the point of, okay, this guy's unplayable. When do you get there? Uh, Right now, I think one of the options, because Tyler Naquin has also been a strikeout machine at times. One of the options is you could DH Eduardo Escobar, play Guillerme at third, McNeil at second, Naquin in right. That's an option. Against lefties, obviously Dom Smith isn't solving anything. I think the option against lefties, unfortunately, is what you saw in the finale of this series, which is Darren Ruff plays right, 
and Mark Vientos is the DH because Terrence Gore is not going to play. So what are your options? There aren't great options. Now, Francisco Alvarez and Dom Smith, you want to retry the lefty-righty DH and call up Dom to face righties and call up Alvarez to face lefties? I don't know. Look, I don't want to crap on any idea because right now when you're sucking like this, who the hell am I or anybody to say that's a terrible... There is no terrible idea. This offense is terrible. I just don't think Dom Smith or calling up Alvarez right now is necessarily a thing that's going to fix it. What's going to fix it is your best players need to perform at a higher level. Lindor can't be bouncing into double plays in a big spot. That's that's what has to happen. And I, and I don't know if that changes because you call up a quadruple-A player and say, oh, let's try the magic with Dom Smith again. I just don't think it changes it. It's nice to see Dom's somewhat performing well in his last seven days he's hitting 263 with a 979 OPS for the last month that's a good sample size 291 four home runs 17 RBIs 863 OPS okay not bad great Mark Vientos was tearing up tearing up pitching down there too now one thing about Vientos I've always heard is he's a slow starter which is not good timing wise because when does that slow start end because they sort of need him to produce now they need him to start going now, and it's just not happening. They need their guys to perform. That's what it comes down to. They need their guys to hit. Now, coming up against the Pirates, it's going to be the same thing. You're facing pitching that's not that good, and you're facing all righties. So every decision on this lineup needs to be around, hey, you're facing a team that's going to throw four right-handed starters at you. So the Dom Smith option is certainly more discussable than what do you do against lefties, the Darren Ruff and Wright, uh, Vientos at DH thing, because they ain't going to be facing many lefties over the next four days. I think right now my gut is he's going to continue to run out Daniel Vogelbach, hoping that he's going to get hot. Because remember, Vogelbach and Ruff, when they first got here, played well. They got off to good starts. And with Vogelbach, you can look at the hamstring, and say, hey, that's probably affecting him. With Ruff, I don't know what the hell it is. <laughs> I don't know if there's an answer to that on what's bothering him. But here's the other thing, and I enjoyed it because it helped the Mets. But how about J.D. Davis comes through with a big hit for the Giants? J.D. Davis, I think, has hit more home runs with the Giants than Vogelback and Ruff have hit with the Mets combined. Now, sometimes when you give up on a player, that most of us agree it's time to move on from. It's tough to then bitch when they produce. Travis Darno is a great example. Everybody was done with Travis Darno. Everybody was done with him. Everybody was done with Angel Pagan. Everybody was done with him. When those guys then go somewhere else and produce, it's tough to get nuts about, ah, oh, can you believe the Mets did that? Can you believe they did that? Look, the criticism around the deadline was, were those two guys enough? And I remember saying this to you, Hoff, while I like the moves, and I did, and I liked him because I laid out the numbers. Vogelbach rips up righties, Ruff rips up lefties. This was all going to be decided based on production. How do they produce? They haven't. On the other side, the Met bullpens pitched well, the thing that scared us the most. Now, will it ultimately burn them in a big spot? We'll see. I'm still nervous about that, but I've got to be fair. Michael Givens, for the most part, in big spots, has pitched really well. His bad performance as a Met the first game against the Nationals, and then there was one other implosion he had were both in blowouts. 
Michael Givens, when asked to get big outs, for the most part, I think he gave up a big hit to the Rockies in a game that they eventually won. That That's just jumping out at me. He gave up that bases clearing hit, and then they came back. Alonzo hit a home run. They won anyway. But for the most part, Michael Givens has pitched well. So our report card on that trade is, yeah, not bad. B minus, B plus, whatever you want to call it. Our report card based on results, not based on what those guys did elsewhere, which certainly sold me, they're Fs. There's that, they're, they're Fs. Now, we could sit here bitching about it, but the truth is, there's nothing we can do about it. <laughs> the trades were made, and that's it. And another thing, too, because this is something I'm, I'm fighting about now because I keep on hearing, the Mets need a big bat, the Mets need a big bat. Give me, besides Juan Soto and Bell, who went to San Diego, who were never coming to New York, what other big bat was traded? There were none. I'm sorry. You look around the league, no one really... Benintendi, that wasn't a big bat. It was It was a good piece to the Yankees. They needed that. Yeah. But that wasn't a big bat. I'm sorry. No, no, no that's, the, that's the frustrating thing. Those type of players, they A lot didn't of move. the guys that we targeted or said, hey, this guy would be a great fit, were never traded. You know, Wilson Contreras, who I thought was a great fit in terms of he's the right-handed DH, plus he can catch, so he can kind of give you both. Guy wasn't traded. Now, sometimes it's tough to get frustrated when a deal wasn't made for a guy that never got moved, was never traded. But the thing about the trade deadline is that's something we look at, to me, after the season, when we're judging how Billy Epler did. Did he do enough? Right now, it serves no purpose. Right now, I'm all about, okay, it's September 14th, September 15th. What's next? Not Billy Epler should have done that a month and a half ago. He didn't do it. And ultimately, we'll judge it. We'll be harsh about it. We'll be frustrated about it. But it doesn't do us any good now. What has to happen is somehow, some way, and sorry, one game doesn't do it, as we saw over the weekend against the Marlins, They just got to hit again because they're not this bad. And I remember saying this about the Yankees, obviously with less of the pain because I'm not a Yankee fan, but when the Yankees were struggling, my way of calming down Yankee fans while understanding why they were pissed was you're not this bad. And I guess that's the positive message I will try to portray or try to convey to my fellow Met fan. We're not this bad. What's difficult, though, is to convince ourselves that this isn't our new normal. <laughs> that, yeah, they're not this bad, but they may remain this bad for a few more weeks, just enough time to blow the National League East. And, and really, that's the good news as they go into Friday, uh, Thursday's game against the Pittsburgh Pirates. The New York Mets are essentially even with the Atlanta Braves. Even. So despite being swept by the Cubs despite how disappointing things have gone over these 12 games, it is a brand new season. You could phrase it that way. They're tied. They've got the three games in Atlanta in a couple of weeks, but before that, they take on the Pittsburgh Pirates and the Milwaukee Brewers and the Oakland A's and the Miami Marlins. For the most part, it's the same thing we've been saying for 12 days and it hasn't worked. You got to beat those teams. You got to beat them. So the good news, if you want to find any, is that despite this crap, 
despite this struggle, clearly playing their worst baseball of the season, being swept for the first time all year long in a three-game series, and it comes at the hands of the Chicago Cubs, it's still right there. It's still in front of us.